First, and we'll, we will pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for who you are and what you mean in our lives, God. I pray that you would strengthen me as I speak, God. I thank you that revelation knowledge will flow freely, unhindered, and unchecked by any satanic or demonic voices. God, I thank you that you would speak through my mouth and think through my mind. God, let it be all of you, less of me, that the people be turked eternally touched and blessed and let no one's coming be in vain for that i give you praise in jesus name amen, amen. so would you grab your your bibles or whatever you connect to the word of god with and would you just repeat after me this is my bible, is my bible. I, am I am what it says i am i can do what it says i can do I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. Come on, put your hands together one more time. Amen. We are appreciative, appreciative of every opportunity to come before you and share the word of God. And those confessions that we make uh, every time that it's a reminder of our vision because we live our vision every day. But how do we live something we don't know what it is? So these are the four steps of our vision. And as we continually say them and bring them before you, they will be a part of your psyche. You will know why you do what you do. First thing we're going to do, we're going to uh, go to the last part of last week's sermon. And we're going to put this graphic up on the screen. And then we will, we will run through them and I'll show you what we're going with today. So last week we talked about new and there were these six points and they all actually spelled new. Uh, as we led up, and the first was now embrace this word. What word is that God is not ever wavering, and because he's not ever wavering, there's no need for us to worry, so not ever worthy, worry. And then we realized that there was no one else worthy, no one else willing, and the only thing that we had to do was make sure in this new year we brought no extra weight, no extra baggage, and that would lead us to what is new. So I, I want to stay within that theme, and then we're going to use the key scripture that we had from last week, and we're going to go to Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It was the first Sunday of the new year, so we begin to talk about how God said he would do a new thing. But I want to give us the definition of new that we, we used last week, and it is this, not existing before, introduced, discovered recently, or now for the first time. But I want to contrast that today with this definition, which is old. 
Let's put up the definition of old. Belonging only or chiefly to the past, former or previous. That's what's old. So old contrasted with new. Now having said that, I want us to back up and I'm going to show us the scripture that we read last week too. That comes right before it says I'm going to do a new thing. And they're going to put that up, Isaiah 43, 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. It says forget the former things or forget what is old. And it, it seems to suggest in order to grab what is new, I have to let go of what is old. And when I talk about new, I'm not just talking about a new year. Of course, it's in the newness of the year that I'm preaching this, but I'm talking about mindsets. I'm talking about ideas. I'm talking about everything that would cause you to not embrace anything that God has for you. And when I say that, what I really mean is when it relates to, let, let me say it this way, when it relates to good things, because we've been in a season of challenges, we've been in a season of pressure, and when you go through a season of challenge and pressure, it's easy to set your expectation low so you won't get disappointed again. But that is what is old. You can never get what is new as long as you focus only on what has been and what is old. So you have to be willing to let go of what is old to embrace what is new. Before I move forward, let me give you this uh, example. I think it will help you. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, who is one of the, the great um, people of our day, especially, especially African-American female, uh, the first African-American female billionaire or one of the, the, the first. What's interesting about her story is she had sexual molestation early when she was young. And normally when that happens to you, it sets your mindset that I'm low, I'm nothing. But at some point, she had to let go of what happened to her to embrace the future that God had for her. So getting what God wants you to have doesn't always come easily. Sometimes you have to fight for it because the old is always trying to pull you back to something more comfortable. Can I get an amen? All right, having said that, I'll have you guys put that back up again. What we're talking about today is birthing the new. Somebody say birthing the new. Birthing the new. We'll say it again, birthing the new. And the reason why I'm using that terminology is because you guys who are women know it much better than me, those of you who have been pregnant and had children, that birth, even though it brings great joy, it also comes with great pain. And when it's time to birth something, there's something they specifically want you to do. They want you to push because the new can't come out if you are, well, I'm comfortable. This baby's been in here nine months and I'm, I kind of got used to it. No, that thing has to come out of you. And when you go late in a pregnancy, late term pregnancy, sometimes the doctor will say we need to induce you. Or the doctor will give you instructions to do some stuff. Start walking because we need this baby to drop. We, we need it to go from where it is to where it needs to be. And we need you to put in some energy and some effort. Yeah. 
And if you're a married couple, the doctor says, go home to your spouse and do what got you pregnant to begin with to help this thing come on out of here. Because in order to get it, it's going to take some energy and some effort. And I don't want us to think just because we crossed into a new year, everything is just going to be hunky-dory. You're going to have to put some effort to bring forth what is new. And specifically because of the challenges of the previous years, we can get into an oh well type of place and oh, nothing's going to happen for me. I always get disappointed. Or you can always start saying, yeah, I know what the past was, but I'm letting that go just in case God wants to do something. Now, I know I'm, I'm taking a while to, to, to set this up, but just give, give me some more, more time. Um, another thing that I had to think about me personally, one of the struggles that I have had to deal with is the fact of the loss of my father. And it's not just the fact that he passed away. And I don't mind, mind bringing it up when I, when I uh, come across Joe Osteen. He always talks about how when his father passed. So I'm not, it's not bringing it up doesn't bother me necessarily. It's the fact that the old can trick me to lowering myself. In, in, in other words, I prayed that my father would make it. I totally believed he would make it. When things turned for the worse, I was shocked because I believed the opposite. And then the next thing you know, he's gone. We're preparing for the funeral and trying to live life on without him. Now, the reality of that will make me get stuck and say, ain't no need to me believing for nothing. Because the last time I believed something, it didn't work out. That's what the devil always tries to do. He tries to make you a go off of the last experience. But in order to embrace what is new, you have to let go of what happened last. Not that it's not real, not that it's not true, but you can't let it interrupt what is new. So I know I didn't get what I wanted, but at the end of the day, I made up in my mind, God, you know best. Father, you know best, so I'm not going to act like you can't do something new because of something that happened old. And let me say that to some of us. Some of us are still mad at what God didn't do 15 years ago, and then you can't move into what he's trying to do now. You have to make up in your mind, God is God. He can do what he want, when he want, how he want. He don't have to answer a prayer. He don't got to do what I want him to do. God is not Santa Claus. He don't have to give me what I want. But what I'm going to do, I'm always going to make myself available and ready just in case he wants to do something new. So I'm getting in a birthing position. I don't know how many of y'all, because I wasn't in the room with y'all, and I shouldn't have been in the room with y'all, but I was in the room with my wife. And I do know that she didn't give birth doing a handstand. I do know she didn't give birth just uh, standing on her head, running around. No, she had to get in a birthing position. They put her in the bed and they got her in a birthing position. It's an uncomfortable position for a woman because everything is exposed. But sometimes you can't worry about that. I got to get myself in position. Yes, I'm grieving, but I'm in position. Yes, I'm hurting, but I'm in position. Yes, I'm disappointed, but I'm in position. 
I don't mind you looking at me because I'm getting in a birthing position because I'm trying to bring what is new because what is new brings new possibilities. And with new possibilities come new probabilities. All right, let's look at Genesis 25 and 21. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. Okay, let's go to the next verse, verse 22. The babies jostled each other within her and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. She had something going on inside of her. But the babies begin to jostle. In other words, they begin to be a fight on the inside. And when I was looking at the scripture, it reminded me of something I preached several years ago, early in my pastorhood. It was called the dichotomy of the believer. And what I talked about is we have two natures wrestling on the inside of us. We have our fleshly nature and our spiritual nature. And I'm using the same type of idea that you have what is old trying to hold on to you and you have what is new trying to be birthed. And so there is a fight many times and the fight is on the inside. Let's look at verse 23. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other. And the older will serve the younger. Now, this is not normal in the times of the, the Old Testament times. It's not normal for the older to serve the younger. But what God was saying is the new is going to be better than the older. The newest is going to be better than the oldest. So I've got, you have to allow it to wrestle inside of you because something is trying to come forth. All right, having said that, this is something that a lady named Audrey uh, put on uh, the Internet that I think would be very beautiful to bring to you. So I, I'm, these are not my words. I just borrowed her words directly. Put these words up, and I'll read them to you. When God is doing something new, it sometimes requires us to step into the unknown, which may feel uncomfortable, scary, and even unpleasant at first. We might be tempted to hold on to the life we know where everything is familiar. But we need to let go of the old, trust God, and embrace what he is doing. I'm going to read that again. We might be tempted to hold on to the life we know where everything is familiar. But we need to let go of the old, trust God, and embrace what he is doing. I need you to get that in your mind. Embrace what God is doing now. I don't care what happened in the past. I don't care who you lost. I don't care how many times the business failed. I don't care how many times you didn't make it through school. This is a new season. This is a new opportunity. The only thing you need to understand about failure, failure does not have to be final. You can get up and you can try again. Ask Thomas Edison, ask some of the great people. They kept failing, but failure taught them something. Every loss is not a loss. Some losses are really lessons. And if you learn the lesson, you can embrace what God has for you in the new. Well, my relationships never worked out. That's yesterday. 
Well, my money never works out. That's yesterday. Well, my body never gets healed. That's yesterday. We're not focused on yesterday. We're focusing on the possibilities of today. Possibilities of the future. We're going to birth what is new without even knowing what the new is. Because the unknown being unfamiliar and scary sometimes scare us. But I'm saying step into the unknown. Faith is, and Martin Luther King said this, faith is taking the next step when you can't even see the stairway. You, you, you're, you're taking a chance. But here's the thing. I would rather take a chance than die doing nothing. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to step into the unknown. Because the greatest things happen when we embrace the possibilities of what is new. All right, let's continue to read. Let's go, go to Genesis 25, 24. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. 25, 25. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. Verse 26. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. What's interesting is the new had its hand on the old. Now, maybe you came out first, but I'm grabbing a hold of you to let you know you're not going to get over on me because there's something about me that says I'm supposed to be what's next. What is interesting, I'll give you this example. When we used to play basketball at the park, what you would say is I got next. No matter who's playing on the court, when you come up, you say, I got next. And the moment when somebody loses, you go on get next. Now, some people would try to act like you didn't have next and you would have to fight and say, no, uh-uh, I was here, I got next. And I'm telling my blessings I got next. You can't skip over me. You can't pass over me. I got next. No, I'm going to be blessed next. I, I'm moving forward next. I'm about to make this happen next. And if I got to wrestle and fight to get it, I'll do it. Yes, you may be in front of me now, but you can't go easily. I'm grabbing. The name Jacob actually means supplanter. It means it will actually supplant what is there first. Now, when we see the story, he did it out of the flesh, and we don't want to do it out of the flesh, but doing it out of the spirit, we uproot what is in front of us. Sometimes the old just needs to be uprooted. Let, let, let me be more specific. Sometimes it's the old in your family that keeps the family dysfunctional. We, we get so used to operating in dysfunction that when somebody does something new or different, then they get talked about. No, I'm trying to supplant the old. Every woman in my family can't have a baby out of bed, out of wedlock. I got to do something different. So I'm trying to force my way into something new for the sake of this entire family. I know people who are virgins late in life and they're trying to go through the harsh time. Uh, trial of being a virgin late in life in a super sexualized age and some of the other women around them is like go ahead and do it and get over with instead of helping her 
go through this hard trial, they want to reduce her so that they can say she ain't no better than me. You have to be careful of people who try to make you back up on what you believe because at the end of the day, they just don't want to see you ahead of them. But the truth of the matter is you're only trying to get ahead of them so you can turn back and help them. And they say the reason why you never have to put a top when you're cooking crabs is because when you boil crabs, they'll always pull the next one down. I'm trying to supplant the idea that I got to uproot somebody else in order for me to succeed. I'm not trying to uproot you. I'm trying to uproot what is old so I can get us all into what is new and what is next. Some people... Fuss about politicians. Can't stand politicians. But have you ever tried to run for something? So, or First of all, do you vote? If you don't vote, shut up. Number one. Number two, if you vote and you don't like what's going on, how about you step up to the plate? Maybe you are the answer to the next season. Now, it's different now, but they used to argue about the school board, but you don't ever go to the meetings. You, you, you have to be willing to do something new. You have to birth something new. You can't birth something new always watching Netflix. I like Netflix. I enjoy it, but there's a time and there's a place for everything. And right now, we are in a season of birthing. So we got to get in the position. Let, 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 me, let me back up just a little bit with that idea of, of birthing. So... Even if you were a smoker and a drinker, the doctor says when you have the baby in you, you need to not drink and not smoke. Why? Because you're carrying something. And no longer is it about you. You are actually carrying something and you're trying to carry something full term. What I want you to understand, Deliverance Temple, you may be carrying the new that this decade needs to get us out of this messed up decade that we've started off in. It may be inside of you so you can't do everything everybody else does because you're carrying something. That needs to be birthed. All right, so that brings us up to point number one. All that was just an appetizer. Here comes the meat. Point number one, the new is often attached to the old. So you see how Jacob was grabbing the heel of the old. Now, having said that, let me give you the, uh, an idea um, that I think that, that will help you. When you know that you're attached to the old, how you handle the old is important when you are what is new. For, for example, when, when my father turned the church over to me in 2011, how foolish would it be for me to say, hey, you take a back seat. You ain't no good. I'm changing everything you did. Be like a bull in a china cabinet. And that's the problem sometimes when people embrace new. They rip up old that is still needed. You can't rip up everything that is old in order to have the new. Sometimes you have to attach to the old and see what needs to go, what needs to stay. Sometimes there are things that need to stay, and in this new era of the church, sometimes we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Sometimes, in, in, in order to not be too traditional of a church, sometimes we're doing too much. Sometimes we're letting too much go on. There's some stuff that still should stay. There are certain standards. There are certain things that are non-negotiable. You can't throw everything away. There are things that need to remain. They, they did some remodeling of my office, but they didn't tear the beams in the office down because that didn't need to go. 
in order to make it look new, not everything need to be torn down. And some of y'all, you need to understand, sometimes you're cutting relationships off too early. Sometimes what you need to do, you need to put, you, you need to treat some relationships like Facebook. They say you can put some stuff on mute. You don't have to get rid of them all together. You just minimize them for a while so you can focus on what you need to focus on, but sometimes the old is necessary. So I, I'm trying to get us to get the mindset. So let's go to point number two. Even though it's attached to the old, yet the new is more powerful than the old if given time and space. So here's the problem many times with what is traditional and what is old. It doesn't like to give time and space for what is new. But there should be a working together and mixing of the old and the new to bring forth what is current now. And I'm going to read you some things that, or I'm going to have a mother read some things that Jesus said that will help us understand this. Let's look at Matthew 12, 38. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. Now what is interesting is as soon as Jesus showed up on the scene, he showed up doing miracles. But because... He was so new and different. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, which were stuck in what was old, they didn't accept him. Even though he was lining up to everything that the uh, prophets said, even though everything lined up, they didn't like what he was doing. So they kept asking him, do something else. Do something more. Do another sign. Now, in other words, how many more miracles do I need to do for you to embrace me? The truth of the matter is, if you embrace me, it's going to make you lose some of your power. So you really don't want to embrace me. You keep trying to find a reason to get rid of me. So let's look at how Jesus responded in verse 39. He answered, a wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign. But none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. I, I, I didn't understand until I studied this. Why would Jesus jump on him so hard for asking for a sign? But he said a wicked and adulterous generation wants a sign. In other words, what the Pharisees and Sadducees were doing, they were trying to figure out how much long do we have to be in power. To give you an understanding, he used the terminology or the idea of adultery. It would be like a man or a, a husband committing adultery and trying to figure out, when does my wife come home? Let me find out how close she's coming home so I can figure out when I can get so-and-so in and out the house before the person comes back. I'm not doing it because I love my wife. I'm doing it so I can get away with what I'm doing. So Jesus got tired of that because what they were doing, they were propping up the old when the new was staring them right in the face. So let's look at what he says next in verse 41. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now something greater than Jonah is here. Jesus said the men in the Old Testament of Nineveh who when Jonah came and preached to them, they repented and changed. He said, they're going to look at you crazy, Pharisees, because somebody greater than Jonah is staring you right in the face. And guess what they did? They said, crucify him. He was king of kings, lord of lords, and still today there are people looking and praying for the Messiah, and the Messiah then came and went, but they didn't recognize him because he looked new. He didn't look like the old. One of the worst things 
that hinders a new move of God is an old move of God. Because it don't look like what it was before. That ain't what grandma did. That ain't what Aunt Susie did. Aunt Susie and grandma been in heaven 30 years. We got to stop worrying about what they did and embrace what is new for today. Embrace the new. Old story that I, I, I've told you before, but it bears repeating of uh, a, a young lady who was uh, newly married. And so she bought a ham and she cut both ends off the ham and put it in the oven and threw those ends away. And so the husband said, sweetheart, why, why you cut all that extra meat off? And she's like, that's the way you cook a ham. And he was like, are you sure? So she went and asked her mother. And her mother said, yeah, that's the way you cook a ham. You cut both ends off and then you put it in the oven. So she goes back and tells her husband and say, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's what my mama said. But the mama asked the question and went back to the grandmother, which was her mother, and said, why do you cut the ends off of the ham? And she's like, well, my pot and my pan wasn't big enough to fit in the, the whole ham in there, so I cut the ends off. So now they're keeping a tradition that no longer needs to be kept. They were just doing things out of tradition. And the Bible says the traditions of men have made the word of God no effect. The Bible also says all things will pass away, but my word will remain. But then it says the only thing that can stop my word is your old tradition. So we got to figure out how to embrace what is new when what is new is right. And here Jesus was, Jesus was not trying to totally rip up the law. He was trying to show them I am the law. I'm the sacrifice for the law. I'm doing everything the law says and y'all looking at me and now y'all saying crucify me. Let's, let, let's read even further. He, he, he got a little deeper with him. Verse uh, 42. The queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here. He was telling them there's someone greater than Solomon. I'm here. I'm what you've been looking for. I'm what you've been praying for. And you keep looking over me. Now let me, let, let me, let me pause and get way off topic just for a second. Still connected. But sometimes the husband that you want, you keep looking over him. Because he don't wear Gucci shoes. He, he worked next to you, but he might be the one that would love you right, but he don't look like what you thought it would be. Sometimes what God has for you is packaging something that doesn't look like what you thought, but it's the best thing for you. Yeah. I'm reminded of the, the new year. They, they talk about eating black eyed peas. It, it's, it's customary, especially in African-American circles, to, to eat black eyed peas on the new year. I remember when I finally... Figured out I like black eyed peas. I was at Mother Watson's house. My mama was gone somewhere. Some of y'all remember Mother Watson. And she said, do I want some black eyed peas? I was like, ugh, no, I don't like them things. She said, have you ever had them? I was like, no. She's like, how you know you don't like them? She's like, I just know I don't like them. She's like, boy, sit down and eat these things. I ate them and they were so good I scraped a whole bowl. But it didn't look like fries. It didn't look like a happy meal. So I said, I don't like it. But sometimes you don't know because you've never tried it. Yeah. 
And if you don't try the new, you will never be willing to get rid of the old until you're willing to try something new. Ooh, let me, let me, let me say this. Some of y'all may need to try dating outside of your race. Not all of y'all. But some of y'all may try that because if everything else hasn't worked, maybe somebody that looks different than you might mesh well with you, but you have to be willing to try something new. I've always been attracted to old men. Maybe that's your problem. Maybe you need to try somebody more your age. Be willing to try something new. So, so the larger principle is Jesus was the answer. Jesus was the solution. He came but because he came in a manger. Because he came not with pomp and circumstance. They totally missed him. He was the king of kings, but he didn't look like a king. So they totally dismissed him. But the brand new was right in front of their face. Mm. It may be you're so stressed out. Maybe it's the new job that you need. Maybe it's, it's something that you need. All right, let's, let's continue to read. Let's look at point number three. When the old won't give way to the new, loss is inevitable. I'm going to say that again. When the old won't give way to the new, loss is inevitable. Something will lose when the old doesn't give space to the new. And so for us, coming into a new year, coming out of challenges, if we just get in our mind, in our mindset, well, nothing ever works for me, you're going to mess something up. You have to... Get the hope to believe again just in case. And here's the reason why. Let's look at Luke 5.37. And Jesus, he uses this parable as well. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. Many of us have heard this quoted and said but let me give you the full context behind it. So nowadays we have wine in bottles, but there wasn't glass bottles back then. And what glass bottles do, glass bottles allow the wine to expand. Before they used animal skins. And what would happen with animal skins is that animal skins, once they got old, they would get brittle. And they could hold old wine, but new wine, when it's poured in, it immediately expands. And so the old brittle animal skin, when new wine would get in it, it would bust it and all the wine would run out on the floor. So the context is what is being poured in you is so expansive, your small mindset can't handle it. So you have to be willing to be stretched so you can receive what is new. And maybe the trials and the pain of yesteryear have pulled you that you're ready for what's being poured into you, but you're afraid because what's being poured into you is so different. But I'm telling you, embrace the new because it might blow your mind. It might blow your socks off. What God has for you next might change your whole family, a whole generation. So don't get stuck in what happened. Be willing and be flexible for what is new. Let's look at verse 38. No new wine must be poured into new wineskins. Must skins. be poured into new wineskins. But let's put up point number four. And we've already kind of showed this. The job of the new is to preserve the old 
not destroy it. And here's the next verse. This is a verse that's added to that that sometimes we don't recognize and realize. Read Luke 5.39. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new. For they say the old is better. We forget to add this part because the way wine works, it gets better with age. So it's not saying that the old needs to be totally done away with. But what it's saying, the old needs to have a time to mature so that it can be its full itself. Let me give you an, another example of that. Some of you guys, uh, guys and girls, I guess, and women and men, some of you have been so invested in your children's children that you've never had a chance to enjoy your old age. You are a grandparent. You're not a parent. And sometimes because of the lack of what your kids do, you've had to step in. But I encourage some of y'all to tell your children, no, those are their kids. They're not yours. You didn't already raise your kids. And sometimes you need time for yourself to enjoy. I know you love your grandbabies, but every now and then you need some time for you. You need a time to enjoy you. Get them babies out your face. Let, tell your kid, listen, do it on your own. I, I'm not buying them everything for Christmas. I'm doing some stuff for me. And if your child gets upset with you, it's because they don't understand it's time for them to embrace something new. I don't mean to be so crass, but you didn't tell them to open their legs every single time. So I, I, I'm not paying for all this that you do. You're going to have to do some of this on your own. And that's just, that's just a, an idea that I'm saying. Some of y'all seem to, <laughs> seem to like that. Y'all amen in that. But it's just the idea there's a time and a place for everything. And the older you get in age, sometimes you need to allow the new, and sometimes it's called delegation. Sometimes, let, let me talk about something that's just even more simple and practical. Uh, you've been washing dishes all your life. You've been mopping floors all your life. Maybe you need to take some of that money you saved up and hire somebody to wash for you and wipe for you so that you can enjoy life. Sister Ruth would be glad to come in and wash some stuff and bring her crew in. And it's not that way. I don't want nobody in my house. No, you're learning at this age there's certain things I should be enjoying so I'm going to allow something new to take its place so I can enjoy what needs to be done now. It's, it's, it's not really extra spiritual. It's just simple and practical. But when we learn these principles, we can marry the new and the old and we can move forward properly. All right, let me put up point number five. The birthing, the purpose of birthing the new is to extend the legacy of the old. It's actually to make the old better by birthing the new. I talked about it in our staff meeting this morning. When my father decided to give me the church, many people weren't doing that. It wasn't like he was done preaching, but he was saying that you can take this further. You can actually extend me if I give you the opportunity to run now. If I put you on the sideline, on the shelf, and never give you a chance, then you can't extend me. So I'm going to pour into you now and give you a chance to run ahead of me. 
Having said that, let me go back to practical. Some of you business owners, you need to stop and start training somebody on what you do just in case you want to do something else. You need to pull somebody, train somebody, because what happens is the purpose of birthing the new is to extend the legacy of the old. You need the legacy to outlast you. And we've all been a part of or seen mom and pop restaurants that when the mom and daddy had it, it was great. But when the kids got it, it was horrible. How'd you lose the recipe to the sauce that fast? It don't even taste the same. It I, I came here for the sauce, and it don't even taste the same because it wasn't passed down. And, and, and the problem with many of the boomers and the silent generation, they weren't trained to pass down information. But we need to pass the baton so the next person can run. When the four-by-four four relay is going, I don't care how fast the third person runs, if they don't hand the baton to the fourth person, the whole team loses. And you got to know when is it time to let go so the next person can take off. So when you let go of the old, the new can take off. All right. I, I believe y'all, y'all, y'all got it. We're going to start wrapping toward a close in, in about 40 minutes. We'll, we'll be moving to <laughs> I'm just trying to see if y'all are listening. Genesis Genesis 15:1. We can go back to the Old Testament. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. Now, if God came to any of us in a vision, tomorrow night and told us we're going to get a great reward, we will be super, super excited. But let's look at what Abram said, because he didn't have a super, super excited response. Let's look at what he said, because he knew something. Verse 2. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer, of Damascus. What Abram was saying, no, no matter what you reward me with, if I don't have something to continue my posterity, it's going to go to someone else who's not even connected to me. So yeah, I'm glad you're rewarding me, but if you don't give me something new that can continue the legacy, what you give me is actually going to be lost. And so that's why we have to understand that we want to position ourselves so that God can give us something that is not just for us. The problem with the prosperity movement in the church, not that it was totally wrong, but the problem with it, it made us all think that I'm just here to get mine. But no, the idea of God prospering you is so that you can create a legacy that blesses your community, your neighborhood, your family, maybe even your state, your country. It's never supposed to be just about you. And Abraham knew that. God don't don't reward me if I don't have something and someone to pour it into. Let's look at uh, verse 3. Actually, before we read, read verse uh, 3, um, let me say it this way. That's why I, from about five years ago, I started teaching us heavily on discipleship. Because some churches only teach you in the pews to make sure you get to heaven. 
But no, you need to disciple somebody else. I don't want to just get to heaven. I want to take about 50 folk with me. I want to disciple someone else. And discipleship is not just a pastor's job. I want to grow you so that you can pour into somebody else. That's the idea. All right, let's go to verse 3. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. He, he reiterated more, and I like the fact that he was honest with God. Some people sing the song, Any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. And that's good, but when you need a particular blessing, no, I won't be satisfied with anything. I need this. If you are a woman and you want a man and God sends you another woman, no, that ain't what I want. No, I don't want anything. No, I want some specific things. It's okay in this new season to tell God specifically what you want. And Abram said, I don't have any offspring. So even if you reward me, it's really not going to do me any good. Let's look at verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. Verse 5. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And all of you Bible scholars understand that Abram was well in age. And he was past the childbearing age. But what God was saying to him, no, I want to show you something. What I have inside of you, what I have for you is greater than what you can understand. So you don't even have to tell me that you need some offspring because I already got it worked out for you. And what I need you to understand is what is new may look like it will never happen. It may look like it's improbable. It may look like it's impossible. But God has been setting up something behind the scenes because he's already planning on doing something. And when he tells you he's going to reward you, he already has something in mind. And Abraham didn't know it. He said, all Abraham said, I just need one son. But God said, look at the stars. All these stars, I'm going to give you so much out of you, it's going to change the entire world. Abraham didn't know what God was really saying. And the same thing I'm telling you deliverance temple you don't know what God has in store for you so even when it looks bleak and dark and it looks impossible I want you to have faith for something new because it just might change your world all right let's let's put up point six God's promise is no matter how barren things seem he can still bring something new out of you that's God's promise. And, and I don't want you to say, well, well, God's going to bring something out of my pastor. No, out of you. Well, God's going to do it out of a lady. No, out of you. God can do something out of you. He can do something fresh out of you. Those online, I'm talking to you too. God can do something new out of you. I don't care how barren. I don't care how much wilderness you've been in. I don't care how many no's you've heard. I don't care how the addiction has held you. God can still do something new out of you if you just embrace the possibility. God specializes in bad cases to show himself strong. So you're ripe for a miracle. I know your last prayer wasn't answered, but you're ripe for a miracle. You're right where you need to be for God to move. You're right where you need to be. But all I need you to do is make up in your mind, the old won't stop me this time. I'm going to embrace what is new. 
And after I embrace it, I'm going to birth it out. Yeah. All right, Genesis 15, 6. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abram didn't say, you know, I'm old. Abram, the Bible says Abram just believed. And all I'm asking you to do, I'm not promising you what's going to happen in this year. I don't know what's going to happen to you this year. All I'm asking you to do is just believe. What has been doesn't always have to be. Just believe. Just because it was dark yesterday doesn't mean it has to be dark tomorrow. Just believe. The new is here for you. Just believe. Now, sometimes believing hurts. Sometimes believing calls you to muster up more faith. But I'm in trying to encourage you. God keeps telling me to encourage you. He's telling me to encourage me. Even though I had some disappointment, just believe. He told one man in scripture, all things are possible if you can just believe. Let me put up point number seven. God is thrilled when his children choose to believe. Even when they've had old, old, old and same old, same old, same old and setback after setback and disappointment after disappointment and new variant after new variant and pandemic here and pandemic there, God is thrilled when against all odds his children choose to believe him anyhow. God, I praise you anyhow. I believe you anyhow. I worship you anyhow. I'll come to church anyhow. I'll give anyhow. I'll pray anyhow. Because I believe God. Number eight, our final point, and this is where we will end. I believe in what my God can do. So I'll be birthing the new in 2022. So what we're going to do... We're going to say this four times. You're going to repeat it after me. We're going to say it twice. And after the two times, we're going to rise to our feet. And then we're going to say it two more times. This is the confession I have. And like I told you, God didn't give me something rhyming at the end of the close of last year. But this happens to rhyme. But I believe it's all about our mindset. So we're going to do this for our mindset. So here's for the first time. I believe believe. in what my God can do. So I'll be birthing the new in 2022. I believe in what my God can do. So I'll be birthing the new in 2022. Come on, let's rise to our feet for the last ones. Now, each time we're going to get just a little more forceful with it. Because we want it to sink in our head and we want the devil to know. So here's the next one. I believe in what my God can do. So I'll be birthing the new in 2022. For the final time, I believe in what my God can do. So I'll be birthing the new in 2022. If you believe it, go ahead and put your hands together and clap. Amen. All right, let's bow our heads and and let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we understand, God, what we've been through, what we've seen, 
But God, we are all ripe for a miracle. We're ripe for the favor of God to invade our house, invade our life. And we'll know it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with you. But we choose to believe. No matter what we've been through, what we face, no matter how many disappointments, no matter who lied on us, talked about us, no matter who cheated us, done us bad or ran over us. God, we, we're forgetting all those things. And we're looking to the possibility of what is new. And God, anything that is old that needs to be preserved, we promise you we'll preserve it. But we're embracing what is new in 2022. And we're birthing what is new in 2022. Now, Father God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, both in the building as well as online, that doesn't know Jesus and the part of their sins, I ask that they would pray this simple prayer. Father God, come into my heart. Come into my life. Save me of my sins. And give me the newness of life. And I'll be a new creature. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, saints. We love you. We appreciate you. You are dismissed.